Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Anybody who's been following us this long knows I am a spur of the moment. Try to do it as it comes. And today I was going through my calendar and I got booked for a Calendly call to connect. And it took about 10, not even that long, probably about five minutes before I realized I wanted this conversation uh, to be recorded so the listeners can hear based on just the information my guest today was sharing and the passion behind her and the vibrant that you're going to hear that just exudes out of her uh i literally just had to ask her her full name before hitting record because we didn't know this was going but i think this just be a beautiful conversation to share so i'm going to share all of her names so everybody knows ladies and gentlemen our guest today lily sice or bloomberg whichever one you may find her and um wow first just thank you for for letting me hit record uh but just so people don't think i'm crazy right would you go ahead and land us on kind of a little bit about lily so they'll know i just didn't make all this shit up okay can you help me out here (laughs) yes definitely and i um i'm so excited i think the three principles have allowed me to be more spontaneous um uh and so a little bit about me i'm a mom um i'm an anxiety coach and i'm a school psychologist and i've been studying and I guess living the three principles for five years. I um, was introduced to them through Sari Taylor when I was really struggling with anxiety, which is something that I dealt with for most of my life um, and tried so many things. I am a doer. I um, And I think being a school psychologist, I have loved therapy and, you know, self-help and personal growth. Um, but all of that actually just kept me kind of stuck in suffering. And then through Sari was just like, poof, like I just got (laughs) dive into, you know, taking her courses, Nicola bird's courses, you know, Michael Neal, Bill Pettit, like, and then just everything. And then I found you. And so I've just been loving the three principles for five years. And then I, in the pandemic, I, so many things are virtual and I started doing virtual coaching, sharing, what helped me return to a place of mental well-being from a very anxious place, what let me just like really increase my peace um, and, uh, and stopped thrashing about. And I felt really broken and really stuck. I had panic attacks and just like my anxiety seemed really weird. A lot of it was because it was more OCD. Um, and I just started sharing it because there's more people our age on Instagram and TikTok. And so I spread my message there and my 
coaching practice really blossomed. So that's uh, a little bit about me. Well, take me back to what little Lily kind of experience was like growing up. Uh, where'd you grow up? What was what was your childhood? What was being a girl like? Yeah, I grew up in Pasadena, California. Okay. Uh, woop, woop. Yeah, what mo for most of my childhood. And a lot of it was great. You know, I was social. Um, I liked listening to, uh, you know, Madonna and, uh, <laughs> and doing gymnastics routines and dance things with my, you know, I had best friends. I have a little sister. I mean, I have older sisters, a little brother. Um, I'm one of five. Um, you know, so a lot of it was really typical of a great childhood with, with friends and siblings and amazing parents and fun travel, but I also was anxious. Um, I did not know how thought worked. And uh, I thought that if I had a thought that there was some truth to it, and especially if I had a strong feeling and I was more like my alarm is more of a tension alarm. Um, and you know, as Dr. Pettit calls it, uh, <laughs> so I would hear you know, the news and I would get really scared. I thought like it was really likely that robbers were going to break into my home. So I often just had kind of an anxious stomach. Like the world seemed scary to me. Yeah. Movies where parents would die. My parents um, have an amazing relationship. Like they are goals for me and my newish, you know, two-year relationship where they were like, you know, out to concerts and theater and traveling and dinners. And they were amazing parents. They'd go out and then I would be like, they are going to die when they go out to dinner. And, mm. and I just, I saw it on witches and I, so many movies, the parents would die. And so I would have that thought they're going to die. And then that made me feel really bad. And I thought that because I felt really bad, like maybe I was like intuitive. And um, so it was some of that of just really fearing one that my mom was going to, my parents were going to abandon me. Like I was just like every day when they'd pick me up, I'd be like, today's the day they're not going to get me. And my wisdom would be like, I remember one of the last times I think it happened, I was like 11. And I remember still being like, today's the day. And my wisdom so clearly being like, why would they wait 11 years? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it was, <laughs> it was, wasn't yeah. right, you know? um, but so it was a lot of that of, I think not realizing how safe I was, you know, with anxiety and get really small and narrow. I didn't realize that I was connected to something bigger. Um, yeah. So a lot of it was me feeling broken and kind of different. And also like my anxiety was annoying to people too. You know, I could see that like, oh, like just relax or. Yeah. So it's affecting uh, relationships. It's. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was me as the good and the, and, and the bad. stressful as a little girl. Right. Um, so how did little Lily become school psychologist? <laughs> Lily, like what, what happened to where you went from being anxious to deciding to jump into the mind and then turning around and starting to help kids. Yeah, I, well, I've always loved kids. I didn't really want a job besides being a mom. Um, and oh, I just, cool. I, that is so cool. I used to want to have a 24 hour daycare. Like I'm like, this is who has a 24 hour daycare. And my mom's like, I don't know if that's going to be a great idea. I'm like, it is my idea. It's what I'm doing. Um, and, and so I started then I was like, well, I guess if I have to work, I'll, be like a preschool teacher, you know? And, um, and when I was working in a preschool, I'd gone to school for early childhood education and, um, the pride, the school that I was at wasn't really developmentally appropriate. And, um, I was like 20. And so I uh, would cry, you know, when I would try to speak to the principal about some of their practices, you know, like I just felt 
I was living from this place of like love and understanding and these stupid arbitrary rules. Like, you know, for example, one girl, it was her first time ever leaving her mom's home or being away from her mom. And so we gave the tour. I don't know why they picked me. I was like an assistant to go on the tour. And she, I just held her in my arms. And so then the next day she was in my room, but she wasn't assigned to me. And so when she cried so much, she would throw up, but they said, no, Lily, you can't be with her. And she just would want to be with me. And so she would stick her arms out, threw up everywhere. And so my lead teacher was like, clean up her throw up. And I was like, can I just, can I help her transition? And then she can go out of my care. They're like, no, you have your three other kids, but we had bonded. Yeah, um, yeah. That was actually my final day that I quit. I think it was my fourth room. They kept moving me a room to room because I wouldn't follow my lead teachers. They were old school. They would be like, here's a sticker for you. Here's a sticker. No, no, Rob, you are bad. No sticker for you. And I would be like, I cannot do it. And so I would give out, I'd be like, Rob, you're great. Don't listen, sticker for you. Oh, I needed you. How did you know I didn't get stickers? I never got stickers. How did you know I didn't get stickers? Does that still come off? <laughs> well, I know. I it's. I mean, this, that was, oh my gosh, 20 years ago. I'm 40. I just turned 40. But so I realized Welcome after to that the 40s. Day, I'm well in mind. Welcome to the 40s. Thank you. Um, so that was a long story, but I uh, I quit that day. But I said, I'm... I carried her to, to the principal's office or the head's office because she was actually in my early childhood education program. She's like, we're transitioning in the school. So she was sweet, but I said, I can no longer work here anymore, but I want to help this girl transition at least for her first day. So I'm going to hold her as much as she needs she to be held. Yeah. You know, and, and help her with this transition away from her mom. And I thought, I want to go. I want to get a degree so I can be like, no, this isn't how it should work. Um, ah, that's, a, that's nice. I like that. Um, yeah. And I mean, not to be like, that sounds kind of, but it just felt wrong to me. And I was like, I think that, um, I don't know, my heart hurt for, and I also felt like I needed some education so I wouldn't go straight to kind of crying. Um, like yeah. empathy versus compassion as I think I've learned. Yeah, more he was looking for something to do with your humanity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you saw something else needed to be done outside of the norms, the rules, the, the, as you say, the arbitrary rules you saw beneath that. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, this little girl needed, you know, something more than what the rule book says she should have gotten at the time. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can sense that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely love that. It kind of points to again, why I felt like we needed to record this conversation. Um, you know, because that's just such a characteristic or even an embodiment sometimes that gets overlooked. Mm -hmm. Like when, and especially when you think about just the, the stressfulness that people are coming with, the anxiety levels that people walk through day-to-day -day life with, we're going to have to address some of these at a level outside of the arbitrary <laughs> rules for them. Yes, yes. You know, like we, we got to choose something than the rule book because given if the rule book was good enough, we wouldn't probably have the condition in which we have, you know, if the rules really, really um, were about the caring, which they should be of the, the patients or the students in a sense. So that's that's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. So that's kind that. of what led me to finish my degree in psychology and go on to school psychology because... I always wanted to work with children and I thought that would be a great job for a working mom, which I ended up being. And I loved being a school psychologist. Now I'm transitioning out of that to do coaching full time. But I know that it was set a wonderful stage.
we are back we had a minor minor internet snafu you know but but you were just talking about um, the profession as a school psychologist and now jumping off into being a coach mm-hmm. yeah uh, talk to me a little bit about that what sparked that i felt very broken with anxiety I had tried so many things. Okay. I loved, you know, retreats and I'm into it. Obviously it's my career. Um, so I always liked trying new therapy and reading new books, but my anxiety would still be there. And I had really bad panic attacks, um, really bad driving anxiety. Wait, did I lose you again? Oh, wait, no. Okay. Um, I'm just saying on my internet, um, really bad driving anxiety to the point where disability. Like I cannot work. Um, I would ride my bike to work sometimes in LA, like I would have coworkers bring me. Um, and so even though I looked, um, mentally healthy and physically healthy, I would also teach meditation and mindfulness and yoga in schools. My school district is amazing. And I would be like, can I go be certified to teach yoga to children? Can I be certified to teach meditation and mindfulness? And I love all of that. Um, but I was doing it without knowing how thought works. Yeah, without how thought works, yeah. Um, and it makes me think of I think Dick and Benninger, who you know I'd heard he would like meditate up to three hours a day, and I just thought, well, if I can meditate and like teach meditation to kids and yoga as part of the therapy, like I can't be anxious. Um, but it didn't work like that, and then it made me feel more broken because I would be like, I'm doing so much, and um, and then when I found the three principles, I stopped trying. It was like just kind of like the clouds parted and I just yeah. whole life changed. And so I, I started bringing that to schools um, through the spark curriculum um, and getting really like, how can I bring this to kids and incorporating it and, and kind of talking in a different way. And I really saw the impact it had. And then when there was the pandemic, I always wanted to do coaching for adults, but I thought it needed to be in person. And then with the pandemic, so many things were virtual. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> And I, I also was getting divorced and I honestly, I needed, I was like, how can I make this work living in Los Angeles? So I uh, signed up to create a course, like to learn how to create a course. I'm, I'm doing on anxiety. Cause I was like, my anxiety seemed so crazy and complicated. And I seemed so messed up. And I'm like, if I can get to a place of freedom and with ease, I got, I'm going to share this. So I was like, I'm going to do a group. And, and, and um, I, and I did it. I spent this money on like how to create a course, um, even though I knew what I wanted to do. And it was like a lot of money. And I did it on like a PayPal, like six month credit card. And I was like, I got I to gotta pay this back. So I just, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, and, and then the rest is history. I mean, it changed my life. And so for me, coaching is, it really feels like a extension of me. Um, I get exhilarated and excited doing individual coaching and working in groups and and sharing the principles, um, and then connecting with people like you. And, uh, it's, I honestly, I feel like I could die happy. Um, and even just making little videos, what really grew my business was TikTok, which sounds super silly, but I was like promoting on Instagram. And then my daughter who's 14 now, I think she was like 13 or 12 at the time. And she's like, try TikTok. And I was like, okay. And then, um, and then by watching TikTok, I got really into it of like, Oh, I could do this. Um, and I share what seems like weird anxiety to me, you know, trying of talking about more taboo stuff, which actually I loved as a school psychologist. When I was an intern, I went to help the nurse and she, I was like, 
do you need any help one day? Cause she was, our nurse was a big part of like suicide assessments for us. And she was great at the high school that I worked at. And she said, yeah, I have 50 styrofoam penises. I'm teaching sex ed to the special education class, grab the penises. And I'm like, I'm in. And so I started (laughs) talking about sex, you know, with teenagers and then doing the period talk at, at, um, at the school that I later worked at for 11 years. And you know, putting condoms on bananas and talking about sex and periods and, and then intrusive thoughts. And, yeah. and I, you know, and I created this non-judgmental place where kids would come in. A lot of it was like intrusive thoughts that they'd have or weird feelings. Um, and so my videos would be about these more kind of strange things about anxiety and panic and mental health and um, stuff that I was later able to put into words of what it felt like to have a panic attack for me, which involved derealization and feeling really, really weird and really detached and really worrying about having a more severe mental illness and the extreme like looping thoughts of anxiety and then health anxiety, um, and then the physical symptoms. And so for me, social media, making little short videos was a really fun medium for me to do in like to express side of myself and have people be like, you know, in a 10 second video or a 30 second video. And uh, when I first did one on intrusive thoughts, one common one is, is sexual intrusive thoughts, like these unwanted thoughts. And I remember pausing and I'm like, I don't know, I want to put that one in there. But I thought, uh, cause I was like, I don't want like my aunts and uncles or like, you know, people. <laughs> and it wasn't even me, honestly, sexual thoughts are not sticky for me. Like harm ones were, yeah. but I'm like, well, if I don't put these sexual, if I don't talk about them, who is, which is kind of a grandiose idea, like a lot of people, but I remember being it and, and I would got thousands and thousands of messages of people saying, thank you. You know, um, no one's ever talked about this. I, oh my gosh, I wanted to kill my, I wanted to die, you know, I want to die because of these thoughts, you know, specifically the sexual ones, which were super hard for people to talk about. And when I got those messages just from my videos, um, I'm like, this is it. Like, um, I've never felt more fulfilled and not that I want to get fulfillment from other people, but no, no, but I, I get it. I, I get it. I get it because you, as you've been saying the story that is, you've basically just given a story to what we talk about the three principles mean. So if you really want to understand what we mean when we say three principles, break down this story because that's pretty much it Um, in in full life demonstration. I remember that the thing you talked about efforting versus effortless. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, for me realizing what was effortless and I was having these conversations and having been through so many traumatic experiences and coming into the understanding of the principles. So it was kind of like, oh, wait, that we're the same, regardless that our skin tone may be different and you identify as a female, identify as a male, like all of those nuances may be different, but at the core, at our spirit level, we're uncontaminated and the same. And it was like, oh, okay, that's what I want. I want to spend the rest of my life trying to leave a tangible a tangible piece of how I see loving this world looks like 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 if you look at my work I want you to get like man that that dude really loved life like that's the the extent of my work that I want the it to be be and um so I love everything about what you just said which takes me kind of like almost looks like I have to jump back in the interview because 
you spoke so eloquently to what the principles, how they've played out to you. Kind of tell me like what that first experience, we kind of went straight past that, what that first experience was like coming in contact with the principles. Yeah. Um, kind of like what came to me is like laying down my sword, like just, you know, it was like a ease. My dad said when I was first born, he put me in a, a bath. You know, that was the time, I don't know, 1981, even though I was in hospital, straight to warm water. And I went, and I take a bath still every night. And so I think finding mm. principles was, you know, people can't see me, but it's like, oh, like a sigh of relief, like, you know, taking off like a 30 pound vest of trying, yeah. um, really moving from my head to my heart, you know, giving my intellect a break. I, um, Oh, I, I love that. Give my intellect a break. I love yeah. that. I love. I don't that. think it's me. I don't think that it's, uh, I, I don't know who said it, but it, yeah, I don't know who to give credit for, but it was how to hear more wisdom. And it was give your intellect a break. And I really identified mm. with that. So uh, I'm trying, you know, it was, it was a relief. It was just, I stopped efforting, you know, and I realized also that I was getting in my own way, everything that I was doing to yeah. prevent panic and to pre prevent anxiety, I was getting in my own way. You know, I started opening up to how beautifully we're made. And a huge insight that I had was that my wisdom got me through every panic attack. So I, I could put that down. What am I going to do? How can I prevent them? My life expanded. My life got really small with panic because um, I thought I needed to get enough sleep, a certain hours of sleep. My sleep needed to be really protected. Like I didn't want to have any blue light from a TV or any, you know, phones or computers in my bedroom. I would like Velcro down my curtains. Um, I was like, I got to be sleeping by nine. Um, and so all of this really regimented, which kept me separate, you know, and I was super focused on clean eating and and then also like exercise and a meditation routine, like, oh, like I got to do this so I can prevent a panic attack. Um, but it just kind of messed me up. And there was a lot more about that too, of then being on guard for like, is there any hint of panic? Like, do my arms feel yeah, weird? Yeah, I, I can see panic? that, yeah. And then just like, boom, panic attack driving to work, you know, all, often. And then when I realized, wait, my wisdom, my wisdom got me through my first panic attack. And I didn't, I, I saw it so clearly when before I used to view that first panic attack as horrible. You know, I was on the 10 freeway driving to work, like right around, I don't know, La Cienega, like, you know, in, in Los Angeles and just, pulling off, but I saw my wisdom pulled me off the freeway. I parked, I called my psychiatrist at the time, my mom and realizing like, you know, again, I, I didn't need to plan because my yeah. wisdom me through it. And also that maybe that planning and trying to prevent actually just caused more anxiety. So that was, those were, I think, huge things. And also when I did open up about intrusive thoughts, realizing all thoughts are neutral, like the thought of harm all right, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like it was the meaning that I put into it. Um, so those were some huge insights for me about wisdom and the thought and realizing that I always come back into balance. I always did. Um, and my journey has gone so much deeper than, you know, I don't know, I guess I can't remember, I guess if that was five years ago. Um, and, and when you were talking about seeing people, you know, that were all one, I, when I work with people, I just see them as so mentally stable. And it, it's like just this, yeah. even they're thinking like, oh my God, I might be on the verge of insanity or I have this thought. I'm like, we are, we're one and we're connected and we're, I just see them so clearly. 
for who they are, you know, not their thoughts. And that's why I think I feel so honored when people share these thoughts that, that really scare them or these experiences that make them think they're broken or disgusting or wrong. And I'm like, I just see how, who they really are, they which, really I, are. Yeah. you know, I mean, and I don't know if I could put that I'm honored that you said I'm eloquent. Cause sometimes I feel like my, uh, talking is an area. No, but you, you, again, I, me, maybe, maybe it is because we're on camera and I can see you, but it's a feel attached to what you're saying that I can ride with. And, and I, I get, and if you could see that, that piece in them, I'm pretty sure it makes it very good when you start pointing to them because they look to themselves and they don't get any um, confliction with believing it's you and not them. You know, so that's that's pretty key. Well, one, again, thank you so much for just willing to hit the click button on what was a different meeting that probably was supposed to take a different course. But um, I don't know how familiar you are with the podcast and we're closing up. So pretty much the entire community is listening. Uh, what is it that Lily would like to say to him? And that's pretty much how we end the show. Okay, yes. You're so much safer than you think you are. That would be, I mean, I think that would have changed me as a young girl, as a middle-aged girl, you know, you're so much safer, you're so loved, you're perfect. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner, or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind. Have the day you deserve. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.